0: Welcome to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply his word to what's happening here and now. I have one child who went back to school last week, and two more are heading there this week. So back to school is very much on my mind and very much a topic of conversation here in the Oshman household. Thanks to those of you that listened to last week's education episode, and I've heard from many of you and just really appreciate your feedback. This week, I want to talk about a cultural trend that's related to back to school. It's not just uh, related back to school. It's a parenting trend. It's an education trend. It's a trend I'm seeing all across society. And I'm seeing the fallout from it amongst my own peers and even amongst millennials and teens and children. And it's not good. The trend is our drive and our desire, and even just our natural reflex to say to our children and to one another, You can be anything you want to be. Reach for the stars. You're only limited by your imagination. Get out there. The sky is the limit. You can change the world. And sometimes we even put Christian language on it and we say to each other, or we say to ourselves, I'm going to do big things for Jesus. I see it in kids' books on Instagram. I hear it in TED Talks. I see it on coffee mugs. It's a message that's everywhere and it's affecting all of us. And I know it's something we say with good intentions. We mean well. I think you and I have the purest of motives when we say it, but I don't think we've really thought through what it means. We're repeating what we hear. We're blindly echoing what we are hearing from the society at large, and we're saying it to our kids, and I think it's the source of a lot of pain and dysfunction in our communities. So I want to share with you why, in light of another school year beginning, I want to share with you why I think it's an especially damaging message to communicate to our children that they can be anything they want to be. First, research shows that in situations where there's an expectation for abnormal success, people turn to unethical methods for achieving results. So in other words, classrooms are now more competitive than they have ever been. There's more pressure to get really good grades and to be a really high achiever. So there is more cheating. Kids feel like failures if they're unable to reach for the stars. They're told that they can and they should reach super high. So when they don't, they clamor for a way to get there and they reach for cheating. I think we saw a great example of this in the college admission scandal that I talked about in episode eight. Parents and kids really wanted admissions into the most highly rated colleges in the nation. And so they were willing to do anything. They were willing to cheat to make it happen. They didn't feel like performing any less was an option. Abnormal success was the expectation in their context. So in a context where spectacular success is seen as the only option, people are willing to turn to unethical means to get there. Secondly, telling kids that they can be anything they want to be really just negates reality. There are few people that actually achieve the pinnacle of success in their chosen field. The statement just isn't true. Not everyone who wants to be an astronaut becomes one. Not everyone who wants to be an NFL star becomes one. The possibility of achieving this kind of status is very low. It's not realistic. Thirdly, the statement you can be anything negates that grace or maybe good luck or chance or providence plays a role. You and I and our kids cannot control our own destiny. There is a lot of chance or you might say providence involved. It's not just hard work. Lucky breaks are a big part of success. As Christians, we acknowledge that God is in charge of everything. He determined when and where we all should live, what kind of family, education, status that we're born into. We cannot control our own destiny. When we believe that abnormal or success is just hard work, then we wonder why our hard work isn't getting us there. Fourth, this favorite phrase of ours, you can be anything you want to be, you can be a world changer, anything of that nature, it creates a paradigm that those who are well-known, those who are famous, those who are very popular, those who are influencers, as we love to say, they are the highest. They are the best. They are somehow better people. Their lives are better. Their lives are more desirable. These achievers are seen as special. They are seen as the elite. And the rest of us are somehow less than. Somehow we end up thinking to be normal is to fail. So this worldview elevates the haves and it Puts down the have nots. We esteem the special and we loathe the normal. We all admire and we clamor after the status that the best have achieved. And we look at ourselves and one another and we wonder, well, what's your problem? What's my problem? Because the truth is, to be a high achiever, as I've already said, requires a good bit of luck. We can't control our destiny. We can't control what we were born into. We can't control the providential timing or relationships or settings that allow highly successful people to receive that abnormal achievement. We can control how hard we work. We can control how we steward the good things that God has given us to reach the calling that he's given us. But clearly it's not God's will that everyone be in the NBA or everyone be a rocket scientist or everyone find the cure for cancer. God has ordained ordinary good and normal things for you and me and for our kids. Fifth, to tell your kid that they can be a world changer or to be anything they want to be is a heavy, heavy burden. When we tell ourselves and our kids that we can be anything, we then bear the weight of becoming anything. We have to look within and we ha- we think, end up thinking to ourselves, well, I'd better make this happen. We focus inward on ourselves. We think about our own platform, our own influence, our own skills. And we wonder, how are we going to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps to achieve this abnormal success that my parents and my society say I need to achieve to have meaning and purpose and happiness in my life. Children and young adults are experiencing more anxiety than ever. They are weighed down by this massive goal, this huge ideal that they have to be world changers. It causes them to become narcissistic, to turn inward and wonder, how am I going to get there? Anxiety, depression, suicide, they are all on the rise amongst young people and even adults. And I think it's 100% related. In our Instagram world, we see people's highlight reels. We think everyone else is making it. Everyone is highly successful. Everyone is beautiful. Everybody is happy. Everyone's changing the world, but who am I? I'm boring. I'm mediocre. I'm plodding along here in my life my job, with my family, in my neighborhood. I'm just here being very average. But look at all those people out there who have really reached the pinnacle of success. It's killing us in some cases, literally, because we have been told our whole lives that we can be anything, that we can change the world. And we ultimately come to the conclusion that we're not, we haven't reached the stars. We haven't become what it is we thought we would become. We haven't actually changed the world. The truth is, most of us will be average. After all, that is the definition of average. We're average by definition. We're all hanging out here in the middle. And we should be telling our kids that what's wrong with average. What's wrong with an existence that is faithful and ordinary and just honest and good. Why do we want our kids to be covered in glitter, to be five-star, to be the best of the best? Why is it that we want that for our children? Clinical psychologist Erica Reicher says, when we create a mindset that high achievement is better than being average, that high achievers are more special or more deserving, we diminish kids' ability to value both themselves and others. So we need to be asking ourselves, parents, why don't we want average kids? Where is our hope? Do we think that success will ensure our kids' welfare, that they have to be highly successful people in order to be okay as adults? Do we think they won't be happy unless they achieve abnormal, world-changing success? Do we think that their success is an indication of our own merits as parents? Do we feel like we've somehow failed if our kids aren't the best of the best and the top of the top? And when it comes to ourselves, do we think our own worth is wrapped up in how big we are? I see this in pastors and missionaries and writers, even in moms and dads, in professionals and athletes, this sense that if I don't have a huge church, I'm a failure. If I don't have a huge following, I'm a failure. If I don't have a hugely successful career or happy, high achieving kids, a luxury car, a beautiful home, perfectly cooked meals, a hot and happy husband, then I've failed. Who can achieve all of that? No one. No one can really have it all why do we value then the elite? Why do we think it's better, more valuable, more honorable to be the exceptional, to be the best? These are questions we need to be asking ourselves for our own sake and for our kids' sake. So what can we be saying to our kids? If I'm here, Sorry if I'm being just a Debbie Downer, but if I'm here telling you, hey, don't say to your kids, they can be anything they want to be. Don't tell your kids, they can be world changers. What should we be saying to our kids? Clearly, we want to be encouraging parents. We want to be our kids' biggest cheerleaders. We want our daughters and our children of color, any marginalized child to believe that he or she can do great things. We want our kids to work hard and try hard and reach their full potential but we want our hope and we want our encouragement for our kids to be built on the right things. We need to be cheering for them from the right foundation. Instead of saying you can be anything you want to be, instead of saying you are a world changer, let's speak to our children from a worldview that is rich and deep and draws from the living water, from the living word of God. Rather than inflating our kids with temporal feel-good non-truths, let's fill them with substantial eternal truth, a biblical framework that will outlive them that will ask outlast their own performance, that will give them a worldview that will truly feed them a place to put themselves and a way to view themselves. So first as the new city catechism, it's something I love. I'll link it in the show notes as it captures so well in question one. It says, we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and in death to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans 14 says this, for none of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. So friends, our created purpose and the created purpose of our children is to image God, to reflect Him. Aiming to be a world changer requires me to live for myself, to conjure up my own ability, to reach to my, in my, within myself with my own strength for my own goals. This you can be anything perspective is self-focused and concerned with our own image. But a biblical worldview is primarily concerned with God's image. It's asking, what is God like? Who is He? What does he care about? How has he made me? Where did he put me? How did he gift me? What's he asking of me? How can I lay down my life for Jesus's sake? My life is in fact hidden with Christ and God. I am dead and now alive in Jesus. So how do I image him to the world? Secondly, a biblical worldview of life and goals and accomplishments must be Gospel centered. We must acknowledge day in and day out that we are bankrupt. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing, says John chapter 15. The world changer mentality embraces the gospel of self, which says, I am enough in and of myself. I define my purpose. I conjure up my own energy to realize my own goals. I don't need anything or anyone. But a gospel centered worldview is grounded in humility, it's grounded in desperation. It constantly cries out to the Lord and walks in dependence on Him. From this view, parents teach their children they need Jesus every hour. Third, a biblical perspective asks the Lord what He wants from us, not what we want to do for Him or for ourselves. From this paradigm of acknowledging that we are not our own— that we need Jesus. We offer ourselves up daily and we pour ourselves out over and over for the sake of Christ. God calls us to love him and to love our neighbors. This speaks to our character, not to our accomplishments, not to what college we go to, not to what degree we get, not to what kind of income we make, not to how we change the world. Jesus asks us to love him and love our neighbors. And that speaks to character, not success. A life that does these two things is the life of someone who has been conformed into the image of the beloved son. So as Christians, these must be our highest goals, to love God and to love neighbor, not to change the world, not to be anything we want to be, not to be uh, lovers of our own goals or focused on our own platform or focused on our own success and our own achievements and our own reaching for the sky, but to be lovers of God and lovers of his people. Fourth, we see in Scripture over and over and again an exaltation of the low. We see God using ordinary people, people who constantly fall short. We see God using the weak so that He might rightly be seen as strong. Our God is honored when we set out to simply love Him well and love our neighbors well. He's honored by the ordinary pastor who shepherds an ordinary flock in an ordinary church. He's honored by the mom who just does the daily unseen work of loving her children well. He's honored by the businessman and the businesswoman who conducts an ethical business, who is a kind and good shepherd of the people who work for his or her business, who brings peace to the community, who brings hope to those who are around, the business, God is honored by the police officer who operates in a way that is just and is trustworthy and is good and is kind. God is honored by the teacher who shepherds well her students or his students, who, who sees the lowly, who speaks life to children. God is honored by the grocery store clerk who is honest, who works diligently, who puts in an honest day's work, who makes a good and decent wage. God is honored by people who love him and love others well. So as this school year begins, of course, we want to cheer for our kids. Of course, we want the best for them. Of course, we want our kids to succeed, but let's carefully evaluate what exactly it is we want for them and why and how we're communicating that to them. Are we blindly following culture and telling our kids they can be whatever they want to be? Because that, friends, is leading to anxiety and depression and suicide. That perspective is putting all of the burden on our children to reach for the stars and to conjure up some kind of otherworldly success. That honestly is shackles that bind them. That is a heavy weight that I believe is leading to the downfall of our children. This school year, let's give our kids a better story. Let's give them a better foundation, a better purpose. Let's give them the truth. The truth is very few people, if anyone, really anyone is a world changer, but we, our kids, we belong to the Lord. And he is the almighty creator of the universe and he is strong and he is able and he has determined when and where we should live. And our calling is to live by him and for him and through him. He didn't call us to be Instagram beautiful influencers. He didn't call us to elevate our own image. He called us to put on, put his image on display. And that can be done beautifully and successfully in very average and ordinary lives. As we are weak, as we are dependent on him, as we are found in him, he is pleased and he will use us according to his good and perfect will. Let's hold out that eternal and unwavering hope for our kids. This is a truth that will not change with the styles and with the with the views of our day. It is a truth that will not go bankrupt with the stock market. It will not tarnish even with our reputations because it's based on the Lord's reputation. It's grounded in Him. It's timeless. And insofar as God is in it, it will bear fruit for the rest of eternity. Thanks, friends, for listening to All Things with Jen Oshman, where we look at events and trends through a Christian lens. All things were created through Jesus and for Jesus, so we're seeking to apply His word to what's happening now. I look forward to chatting with you next week.